Hi, it's Melanie White here again with another episode of the Habitology Podcast and this is episode number 11. This is 10 hot tips for defining your niche. And if you listened to episode 10 and you, and you heard me talking about the reasons why it's useful to define a niche, this is actually the next step in the process. If you've decided that you're going to pursue a niche in your business so that you can get profile more easily, speak directly to your ideal client and make marketing simple and more effective, then this is the right place for you. This is the series of steps that you can take to get clear on exactly who you want to target in your niche. So have a listen to number 10 if you haven't listened to that already. And when you listen to that, my favorite reason for targeting a niche is number four. So make sure you check in and listen to that one. Now I want to just talk about what a viable niche is because a niche is a group of people that has a particular type of problem and they're a particular type of person and so you're narrowing down who you serve in your business but not every niche is going to be viable. Not every niche is going to earn you the money that you'd like to earn or want to buy what you have to sell. So just to be clear on what a viable niche is, I'm going to draw on some of the lessons of internet marketing entrepreneur Frank Kern. And when you listen to this episode and you hear my 10 top tips for finding a niche, know that once you've figured out who the niche is, you will need to go and do some research to figure out if it's going to be viable as a business idea, someone to pursue. So back to Frank Kern, he says that a winning niche is number one, great in number. That means that there are thousands, hundreds of thousands or millions of people in that particular niche. For example, women who have children under the age of three. That could be a niche, right? A very, at the very broad level. Number two is that they are irrationally passionate about solving their problem. And what that means is that all of these people in your niche are lying awake at night worrying about a particular problem and how to solve it. Maybe not all of them will be at one time, but at some point they will be thinking, I need to get help with this. I need to get rid of this problem. It's causing me too much pain. It's too uncomfortable. It's too difficult. It's preventing me from doing something. So you want to find the people who are lying awake at night, irrationally passionate about solving the problem. Point number three for a winning niche is that they are easy to reach. And this means that if you go somewhere, you'll find many of those people and you can talk to them directly. So social media jumps out as an obvious one. Google ads or a blog would work as well if you're not targeting social media. And there are many, many live opportunities for connecting with those people in your niche. So the three things that Frank Kern says, they're great in number, they're irrationally passionate, ready to solve their problem and easy to reach. And a fourth point is that they have the money to pay for the solution you offer. So not everybody is going to have the disposable income or want to spend it on getting help for their problem. And this is a really important one because if you want to run a viable business, the people you're targeting have to have the money and the willingness to spend that money. Otherwise, it's not really a business idea at all. So keep that in mind while you're brainstorming your niches and check in with yourself at the end to make sure that your niche ticks off those four boxes. Now here are my hot tips for finding a potentially viable niche for your business. Hot tip number one, discover your strengths and passion. 
And the reason that this one is so important is because people are generally very, very good, very skilled at the things that they love to do. They study with fascination and passion. They feel truly connect, connected and emotionally engaged when they use all of their strengths and do what they feel most passionate about. So when exploring a niche, you know, it does make total sense to focus on an area that you truly love to work on, not just what looks good on paper. And I hear a lot of health and wellness coaches say, wow, there are billions of people who are overweight or there are billions of people who are struggling with high blood pressure. Great, there are. But do they need and want help? Are they passionate about that? I often refer to Mick Jagger, you know, he's 70 something and he's still singing the same old songs like Satisfaction. Do you think he'd still be singing those songs if he didn't like them? And I'm not suggesting that you should spend your whole life on one niche, but it does make sense to pick something that you really resonate with, that you have a deep emotional connection with, that you have past experience with, or something that you've recently gone through yourself, or that you feel strongly about. Why is this so important? Well, I'm going to promise you one thing. You are going to have difficult days in your business. There are going to be a few really tough days where you'll want to give up. You'll wake up in the morning and not want to get out of bed. You'll dread going to your desk. You'll dread seeing clients. Not always, but sometimes these things will happen. You'll wonder if it's all worth it. But if you have a bigger, exciting, inspiring vision, a really big, compelling reason, a deep-seated need to serve a certain type of person, you're going to more easily get through those tough days. And on top of that, when you do what you already know and love, it creates confidence. Confidence and passion and enthusiasm. And when you bring confidence, passion and enthusiasm to the table, that's marketing. And your marketing will become effortless. So I think really most importantly is to discover what you are good at and love to do. Your strengths and passion. That's the number one hot tip for narrowing down your niche. Hot tip number two is to consider your past challenges and triumphs. Remember that your niche includes people who see you as a role model or someone to admire and respect because you are already where they would like to be. So think about a time in your life that you had success despite the insurmountable odds. What did you learn? What was your process? I bet there were some really juicy insights that you gained from that challenge and triumph. And somewhere in there might be the start of a viable niche. For me, I had issues in my teenage years and early 20s around body image and food and perfect, perfect eating and it was natural that I developed my first successful coaching program around those topics. I found myself easily falling into the knowledge I'd gained from both my own experience and my later qualifications. My marketing and coaching was truly authentic and natural because I knew what it was like to feel guilty or horrible or uncomfortable around food or being... Uh, put in front of certain foods that I didn't want to eat or feeling like I needed to restrict myself or wanting to allow myself. I knew what that was like. So I could bring a personal experience to my coaching that helped me to really develop empathy and connection and to know what sorts of coaching tools I could use with my clients. So past challenges and triumphs can be very helpful. Hot tip number three is to mine your journal. M-I-N-E, mine your journal. If you're someone that does your own journaling, great. And if you're not, I highly recommend you start, especially if you're a coach, because self-coaching is so important for your own personal development. 
when you do your own journaling, your best coaching knowledge and content comes from your own experience and your own words. So start journaling, discover what's there. Read back on your old journals. We're all connected and we all struggle with the same things. And if, if you've struggled with something in the past, chances are that your ideal client and your niche client have too. I've helped a few clients um, with personal things, sorry, a few coaching clients that is, coaches who are trying to work in their businesses to work out their niche. And simply by diarising their feelings and thoughts, they've come to realise the exact weekly and daily situations that their own coaching clients are facing. They're then able to develop relevant marketing material that speaks directly to the client about their journey. So this is another good reason for new coaches to be coached themselves or to do their own self-coaching because sometimes your client's journey is revealed and that's something you use in marketing. So mining a journal is hot tip number three. Hot tip number four is to hack your client notes and intake forms. Whether you're a coach or have been some other sort of health professional, you're going to have some sort of an intake form. It could be an initial questionnaire, a personality quiz, a vision worksheet, the initial goals, wellbeing questionnaires. All of these are things that can give you some clues as to what a person wants to achieve and the problem that they want to solve. It gives you some clues as to the things that they are most emotional about, what's most important to them. And even better is to use live coaching sessions to hear those things. You're listening for the words and the topics that your clients are talking about when they're most emotionally engaged, when they're really angry or they're really excited or they feel hopeful or they feel flat and disappointed. Those are the topics that they're emotionally connected with and you start getting some clues from those and you see some patterns forming about who you're naturally attracting and what they're struggling with. So hot tip number four to hack your client notes and intake forms can help you to see some patterns about the people that you're naturally attracting and what sorts of problems and solutions they might be dealing with. Hot tip number five is to hack specific Facebook group conversations or Amazon book topics that have a good following or a good readership. Now this is a little bit of a clue as to some of the feasibility work you can do in your niche too. If a Facebook group has at least 5,000 active members and they're engaged and commenting each day, that's probably a good sign that there are people actively seeking help and you can look at what they're talking about in the conversations to see which sorts of topics or problems they most need help with. That's a really simple way to narrow down your niche. The other side of that is if you're not on Facebook or don't want to get onto Facebook, you can look at Amazon. Amazon lists book topics on all sorts of health and well-being areas. And if you could find a book, let's say related to managing anxiety or dealing with overeating or something like that, that has a good readership, perhaps there are at least two to 3,000 books on that topic and the top sellers have over 300 comments on them on Amazon, then you know that there are people actively seeking help for that problem, that your niche is big enough to pursue. By reading those comments or conversations, you can learn exactly what people want to help to solve. So hot tip number five to hack Facebook group conversations or Amazon book topics around those areas of health and well-being that you're looking at can be a really useful way to find a niche. Hot tip number six is to reflect on what you love to do as a child. 
Often there are clues in your childhood experience that lend themselves to your adult careers. For me, I like to cook. When I was a little kid, I would beg my mum, please let me make biscuits, please can we make cakes, please can we cook something. Sometimes she gave in and said yes, but if I wasn't allowed to cook, I'd go out into the garden with an ice cream container and I'd make pies and casseroles out of flowers, leaves, sand and water all mixed up together. <laughs> no wonder I got into food coaching. I love to cook in the garden and I also love to grow little plants in my sand pit. Interestingly enough, I pivoted more recently, you know, three or four years ago into business coaching. But that also makes a lot of sense to me because as a child, I loved role playing with dolls around solving problems and creating agreements. And strangely, one of my most satisfying playtime things as a kid was scribbling my signature into a carbon copy receipt book, filling out orders, signing them off and doing prices. Who knew that that would give an indication that I would want to get into coaching people around building businesses? Interesting, hey? So think about what you love to do as a child and how that translates into your natural inclination right now. Hot tip number seven for narrowing down your niche. Think about what gets your goat. Now, obviously, I don't mean an actual goat, but I know people who've started very successful coaching businesses because they feel so strongly about a cause, about some sort of injustice. They want to stand up on a soapbox and rant about something that they feel is unfair or needs attention. I know women who are coaching other women who have escaped from domestic violence or have struggled with bullying or emotional eating and they are really value aligned issues for them so they have set about building their coaching businesses in a way that either directly coaches or supports people dealing with those same things. This has been something that's helped me personally shift into the business coaching and mentoring role that I currently have. One of my personal strengths is seeing the strengths and potential in other people that they may not see themselves. And I get so frustrated when I see capable, competent coaches who could really help a lot of people but are held back and because they just simply fear putting themselves out there or they doubt themselves or they lack self-belief. You guys need to get out there. The world needs you. I bet you can hear the conviction in my voice when I talk about that. And it's so true. It bothers me that there are so many competent people who have so many strengths and great things to bring to the world and are simply held back by something like their mindset when they could absolutely move past that and start doing great things in the world. So think about what gets your goat. That's hot tip number seven. Hot tip number eight for defining your niche and working out who that is that you want to work with is to follow your heart. What's really interesting is that a lot of people I've spoken to who've started coaching businesses start where they think they should or start uh, working in an area that seems to be a good idea. But when you ask them what they actually want to do, it's something totally different. Isn't that interesting? Why do you think that is? I think it's the logical mind, the logical part of your brain saying, well, the numbers say that X number of people want to deal with high blood pressure, so I should target that. But what they really want to do is work with disadvantaged teenagers or a totally different demographic. Why not pursue what's truly in your heart, what's most meaningful for you? Your heart knows the truth, not your gut. Your gut is where fear also resides. You want to find out what's in your heart. That is where the truth lies. That is where your passion is. 
that is where your greatest skills, strengths and competence lie. Maybe you can't see the how, how it will unfold just yet, but trust me, there is a way. If your niche is viable, follow your heart and the way that you can tap into that niche will become apparent. Hot tip number nine is to do a passion test. Now, this is something that was documented on Jack Canfield's website, and I really love this. It's a test developed by Chris and Janet Atwood. It's a simple process that fills in the blank 15 times of the following statement. So you write down, when my life is ideal, I am blank. And then you choose in some words to fill in the blank, and the blank's words must be a verb. So it could be something like, my, my ideal life is when I'm serving thousands of people. My, my ideal life is when I'm helping people move past comfort eating and into a healthy relationship with food. My ideal life, my life is ideal when I'm speaking to large groups. My life is ideal when I'm working with people in their homes, helping them understand food and their bodies. So you could go on that path and keep going and identify the sorts of things that are most important to you. 15 times you would write that statement or those sorts of statements. When you've done that, you pick the top five. So the way you do that is to compare the first two statements, number one and number two, and pick which one of those is most important. Then you take the winner of those two and you compare that with statement number three. So the one that wins that comparison then is compared with statement number four. And you do that all the way down all the 15 statements to identify your top five passions in life. Once you have those five statements together, you can pull them together, your top five passions, and figure out if you're living that passion or how you could work toward it. You could actually look at all of the different elements that you've created in those 15 statements and pull together a really clear statement that describes who you want to work with, how many people, and in which format. Is it on stage? Is it online? What's the message? So give that a go. 15 times write out the statement, when my life is ideal, I am, and then use verbs to fill in the blanks. Really powerful, and I highly encourage you to do that. Hot tip number 10 is to write your epitaph. This is my final one, and Often we get stuck with the how is it going to happen, I'm not sure if it's going to work, I don't really know what I want to do, there's so many things I could tackle. And there's a saying that says hindsight is 2020. And what that means is it's really easy to know what to do after something's happened, but it's pretty hard to predict the future. So I'm going to encourage you to leap forward into the future. Pretend you're writing your epitaph. You don't have long left to live. And you're going to pretend that you have lived your best life and fulfilled your purpose. Then look back on what you've achieved and what you felt most satisfied and fulfilled by. Who you've loved working with and what you helped them with. When you do this, you can discover exactly what you're meant to be doing and who you're meant to be working with. It's a really exciting and powerful way to help you define a niche. So that's my 10 best ways to help you narrow down and figure out who your niche is. Let me just say this. It's just about impossible to get it right the first time. But pick something that feels right for you. Talk to people who are in that niche, who are representative of that niche, and see how you feel about the chemistry that you have with them, the energy that you feel. 
If your mind is saying yes, 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 and your heart is singing every time you talk to those people, you know that you're probably on the right track. It doesn't need to be perfect. You just need to feel that level of connection. Then you're ready to spend the next six to 12 months pursuing that niche, assuming that it's viable, of course, after you've done those, that bit of research into viability and you're on your way. Give it a good go and see how it unfolds. Thanks for listening and I will see you on the next episode. And if you have any questions or comments, drop them in the comments below. You can get in touch for more information on what I do at melaniejwhite.com. Okay, back to you and see you soon.